Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sharon and the host of this podcast. If you're an independent agent who's struggling to get contracts and appointments with carriers, or maybe you're struggling to balance multiple carrier relationships because of high production and volume requirements, I'm here to tell you smart choice is the way to go. They're an agency network that's non-invasive to your agency. They're not going to charge you any fees. They're not going to charge you any monthly fees. They're truly a network built to help you gain access to the markets you need. They only work on a commission split through the business that you write through them. They're not going to take any business off of your other carriers and your other markets that you already have in your agency. That's what differentiates them from other networks. They really want to help you navigate your relationships with your carriers, and they want to negotiate higher commissions for you, the agent, you're going to love working with them. They've got over 9,000 agencies. There's no wonder that they are the fastest growing agency network in the country, hands down. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Check it out. Uh, go to the Find Your Markets tab and uh, find your state. Find your um, your contact over there. Tell them the mayor sent you. I'm so proud to have Smart Choice as a partner for my podcast, and uh, as well as Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution, your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospect. They have so many new integrations. They're talking to so many other players out there. They are getting better and better by the day. Rob and Tolga and his team over there are doing a great job. I, I love working with them on this show. Go to app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Get your discount. Schedule your demo. Tell them the mayor sent you. You're going to be glad that you did. Today's show is exciting because I have such a good time with my friends, Ted and Arlene Tavares. I love working with them. I love visiting with them this week. We had so much fun. We laughed a lot. And uh, they own Ilsa and they also have Spot On Insurance. You may have heard that podcast. It's been around since the dawn of time. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Ted and Arlene. Ted and Arlene, what is happening? Hey, Heath, great to connect again. Happy to be here with the mayor. And it hasn't yes. even been that long. <laughs> I really thought you were about to call the hogs. I don't know if you know what that is, but, you know, the Razorbacks, anyway, you did the whoo. Anyhow, um, so <laughs> it is It is so good to see y'all again. Last time we talked, I was getting pulled over by the cops, so that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. I, I made it out. I made it out. We're good. Um it, you know, it, it makes it sound like I'm still down home in Texas or, you know, there you go. Away. There yeah. you go. You know, I feel like I know you guys so much already because one of the things I love about your show is that you guys are so transparent, open, and you talk about things. I know, you know, Ted loves the mornings. Ted loves the clown. I know Ted's a tech guy. I know, uh, you know, you are both entrepreneurs. I know you don't like mornings. <laughs> I'm the serious one. <laughs> you keep this guy in check. Um, I know, you know, digging way back, I know that uh, you thought you might have been Italian in your early days in life. Growing. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> You've been doing you know, the research. I have. You know, I've, I've just listened to you guys. I've loved, you know, I've been a podcast listener for years and years and years. You guys are one of the first ones I found 
you and Cass and Hanley, kind of the old school guys. Now us new guys coming up have to yeah. pay our homage to you guys. But, Aww. you know, some of those that don't know who you are in our town of insurance town, why don't we walk down memory lane, go back, hell, as far as you want to, pull us up as far as you want to. Y'all just have fun with it and go. Arlene, you start us off, baby. Oh, my gosh. I start us off. How will you ever turn my switch off yeah. down? <laughs> oh, man. So I grew up in Park Slope. Brooklyn, um, Dominican. Uh, my parents are from the Dominican Republic and um, I was born in Brooklyn. And I said, how the heck did I get the name Arlene? That is the furthest name uh, from, the Caribbean. from the Caribbean as you can get. And I just figured that they looked at the baby book and they just stopped right there at the A's. You know, <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. So Grew up in Park Slope, uh, went to uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music before it was, bam, a really good school. I mean, now it's prestigious and whatnot. Uh, ended up going to Brooklyn Tech, uh, studying aeronautical engineering. And later on, you know, Ted and I got together and he was, we were doing a lot of freelancing. And he was at Manette. Uh, which was later on bought by Aon, but he brought me in to Minette and we were doing a lot of work on word processing and whatnot. And when it was uh, first that's how we first off. went into the insurance industry. Yep. One of the things about being at Minette was when I landed there, I was like, oh my gosh, this place is amazing. It was such a breath of fresh air from banking. Like I worked at Chemical Bank and not to say that I didn't like it. I love the people that I worked with, but it was like really corporate. Um, and that's actually where I first started to get rid of my Brooklyn accent, which was so thick. <laughs> I just used to listen to the way everyone around me spoke. And I was like, oh my God, I got to clean up my, my, my speech. But anyway, six years at Chemical Bank, go to Minette and it's just a fun group of people. Like it was just like about a dozen, maybe at the most 20 of them. They definitely made insurance fun for those people who think that it can't be fun, man. It was a really good place to work. We Fantastic ate together days. every day for lunch. We shopped together. It was just so wonderful. And that's when I was like, I'm home. Like, this is where I want to be. It was such a great uh, department, uh, great team. And I was in the risk consulting division and decided to get my associate in risk management um, from being with those folks. That's her story. She's sticking by it. Mm -hmm. Ted, Ted, you're up. You got to follow that up. Uh, oh, first of all, I'm not going to go too far back, but I am going to tell you that probably something that you haven't heard about. We have a really good friend that we've met in uh, Texas when we first moved down there, and his name was Billy. And Billy calls himself a card-carrying redneck. Oh, my goodness. Now, <laughs> that's what he calls himself. What do you want me to tell you? So Billy and uh, we became friends. The interesting thing that you might not know is that I was our, the translator because I always used to watch Western movies. Oh my! So goodness. we'd go to Billy's house and we'd hang out with him. And Arlene would be like every every at the minute he said something, you know, for a couple of minutes, she go, what did he say? Well, this and is what so we first I would have moved. to translate for her because of all the Western movies I used to watch. So I would say, well, Billy saying that, uh, you know, this there's is, your sign right there. We had just moved from New York and we were in Texas, in Magnolia, Texas. And Billy Riser, who's still a friend to this day. Yeah, he he took us under his wing and 
Um, his wife taught me how to make peach cobbler. Right? We did hog hunting. We did all kinds of stuff down there, man. Yes. You know, whatever we go, we just yes. we just blend into whatever's going on. But it was phenomenal. I mean, we milled wood. We build it. We helped them build a house. Uh, it was uh, good times. Good times. So that, that, that that's an aside. Um, I love it. Well, she and I, you know, uh, I was a, I came out of college. I studied journalism and English and I. Uh, started this little business called Design Right. Um, and while I was doing that, I was also working freelance at different different companies in New York. And one of the things that I, after 10 years of doing that, uh, something that we learned was what are good companies and what are bad companies. A, a, basically a bad company, a company can be great, but you can go into one department and it's just miserable because of the leadership that the, in that particular area. So we know that. And like she says, we happen to have l- lucked out in, in Manette. But previous to that, we had gone to a lot of companies that are just were wonderful to work with. And then we went to others and they were miserable, whether they be insurance companies, whether major companies. And we started kind of studying that. And we said, wow, what a difference it makes when people are working in a place where the people really care, the management really cares, they really want to help you get to another level. And so one of the things that we talked about when we were uh, thinking about starting uh, ILSA was, wow, when we start this business, we want to take everything that we learned from all these different companies and try to incorporate it into this business, into this new company that we built. And so the first thing we started with was the culture. We wanted to make sure that the culture was a place where people came in and really enjoyed working there. And over the years, we had many people join us and say, you know, for example, one, I'm going through a divorce, but I really love coming to work because I feel like this is an island away from all that. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the difficulties they were experiencing outside of work, it just wasn't happening for them inside. They had support. They had people who worked with them and they just loved going to work there. We have a lot of what we call, not a lot, but a few boomerang employees. That is, they, they leave and they're like, oh my God. Uh, they come back in a year. They're like, it was nothing. People just don't know how to treat people out there. Or, you know, I just love working here because of the culture that you've built. So that's basically, in a nutshell, what, you know, what we've done uh, in the last 15 or 20 years. We've, we've been just running that regulatory compliance business, ILSA. Yeah, I, I'm glad to, uh, to hear you guys get stop there because that's, you know, or start there, I should say. Because that's where I wanted to dive into a little bit today. Because, as I've said, I've listened to a lot of your shows and I've followed your career a little bit here and there, not like a stalker, not weirdly, but <laughs> I, uh, I just, I've been a fan. I, I just, I love what you guys do. And, you know, I heard again, this goes back probably a hundred episodes ago. Maybe you talked about, um, uh, you wanted to start this culture off with blizzards and Arlene said, ah, uh-uh, that's going to be $15. We can't do that. Dairy queen, Dairy queen. Dairy queen. Yeah. You wanted to start off day one doing that. And so that's what I was going to kind of dive into a little bit. I mean, I get it. You can start off with gimmicky things like, you know, let's do blizzards or let's do, you know, milkshakes. Or I had a, a guy interviewed early on. He would do Pancake Fridays where he would cook his people pancakes or go get them from Cracker Barrel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is that some of the other things? Tell me some of the other things that you did early on to develop that culture. Yeah, so we were doing the weekly meetings with our folks and Ted was like, oh, we have to start it up with the Dairy Queen blizzards. And I was like freaking out, like, we don't have enough money. Like, that's a lot of money 
you know, $15 a week to spend, but obviously we did it and it was awesome. But we would also do um, birthday cakes. So, and at that point we were small, so we could do a birthday cake for every single employee. And I, I mean, small, like maybe 10 to 13 employees. And we would actually, I remember we actually had like cheesecake shipped from New York, from Eileen's Cheesecake. In Chinatown. Uh, for a particular employee. We like cheesecake. Um, we would drive from Grosbeck down to Houston to pick up a uh, special Tres Leches cake from Americas, um, which has a fabulous uh, uh, Tres Leches. So we would go out of our way to like get their favorite birthday cake and make it special. Um, the other thing that we would do is we would play softball. And if you you've heard my episode, the, the episodes and you know how terribly coordinated I am. So but the team would have me play softball. That is taking me so out of my comfort zone. But I would do it for them. <laughs> I'm the worst out there, but they would have laughs. We would have laughs, but you know, we would do things like that and uh, the company picnics. Throwing frisbees in the office doing, I mean, we've been doing this for years since we started. We wanted to make it. And, and I, I was very into, I've always been into art and I was a designer, graphic designer, uh, it, it metropolitan transit authority in Houston. And I used to also do some coding for them for their website and the internet early on. And I like I've always liked the artsy side and how you don't have to be dressed up and have this tie and all this stuff on in order for you to be creative. In fact, I find myself to be more creative and our employees more creative if they don't have to, you know, I don't know. I find it kind of stifling sometimes. I just want them to be free spirit. So when they walk into our office, they, they're feeling free. They're feeling and we give them a tremendous amount of freedom. But there's a price that comes with it. We've always said to them, hey, guys, you can joke around. You can mess around in the office. We can have a great time. We can laugh all day long as long as you're number one at what you do, as long as your customer is being served and you are kicking butt. So what we say is if you're not kicking butt, then your head should be down on your computer and you should be making sure that, you know, everything is at top. What, do you, what, what would I say? A plus that yeah. everything is yeah. above. I want to share with you. I want to share with you a crazy thing that we did as employers uh, with one employee that is like, you know, when I think back on it. So, you know, we were New Yorkers. We moved from New York uh, first to Houston, then to Grosbeck, which is a small little town. And one of our employees at the time, um, she was she had all this hay that needed to be bailed and <laughs> she didn't have anyone to help her bail the hay. A Southern story. And we went out there with our son who was like maybe 12 at the time. And our nieces and nephew were here, were visiting us in Grosbeck. And we went out there to bail hay, you know, so my niece, which was like 12 years old, she's manning the tractor and we're out there doing our thing. And it was so cool. It was so much fun and so out of any, you know, so far removed from anything that we had ever done in our lives. It sounds like you guys figured out early on and hopefully this is carried out throughout your career. Sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone. Yes. Yes. In fact, all sure. the time. In fact, we push our people there. We're constantly pushing them out of that comfort zone, uh, making them do something different, something that they just 
didn't even think about the day before. And uh, that happened just last year during the pandemic when we pulled them out. They've never been on video before. And they were in a sheer panic because, hey, we're going to do live these, webinars, these live webinars. And we <laughs> like you guys. You guys know your stuff. Regulatory compliance. You got this down pat. Well, they hadn't done video before. So they were petrified. I mean, seriously petrified. But it, it didn't take them more than uh, what, two shootings before they were they were started to get to their comfort. And I was like, it's not about we had to explain to them, look, this is not about you. This is about you educating the folks out there. So if you make it about you, you'll be very nervous. But if you take the attitude that, hey, I'm going to disseminate, forget about what I think I look like, what I think I sound like. I'm going to disseminate this knowledge that's very important for the folks out there who need it in terms of regulatory compliance. And once they caught that on, man, some of them were superstars, just mm -hmm. absolute superstars. Oh, wow. I, I Again, I'm glad that we're on this path because I think culture is such a big thing, no matter if you're in the insurance industry, if you're in the real estate, if you're in you know, banking, whatever industry you're in, culture's got to be something you focus on. And you're right. If you're not at that top notch, if you're not aces and what you're doing at the time, you know, get back to the desk. If you're good, then you can play. You know, when they know that you guys are a cohesive unit, you guys have been together, you guys eat, sleep, and breathe everything together, play together, work together, bail hay together. You know, that's, um, that's something that I think starts the culture. Do you think you hear that from your employees say, man, or is it like y'all get to play good cop, bad cop, or they know you're always together? So here's where it kind of translates into as a organization, right? Because, yeah, we've gone through, yeah, good cop, bad cop. You know, they're scared of one, not scared of the other. But as a management team, we did the same thing. Like if, if when we were raising children, we had to have one cohesive voice, right? We would say, oh, no, when we make a decision, it's us together when otherwise, we're presenting to that child. Otherwise, you know what the kids do. <laughs> they go to mama to oh, try yeah. to get over on daddy. They go to daddy to try to get over on mama. We go through that all the time with our kids. And I wondered, you know, as a segment, I know you're still talking. I don't mean to interrupt you, but do y'all, does the mama and daddy kind of card come out at work too? Or do y'all make sure you yes. separate that? Okay. So, so, so at home, we always used to say, okay, once we make this decision, whether it's he's not going to the dance, he's not, whatever, whatever, it's, it's together. With our management team, when we get together to make a big decision on something, on a policy, whatever for our employees, we say, when we walk out of this room, we have made this decision together. You cannot go out there and say, oh, it's the manager of such and such department that wanted that policy. No, 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 no. We are doing it as a management team. You know, we're going to hear out all of our pros and cons. But when we go out there to talk to our staff about this new policy, this new process, new we have dis decided this together and we are one team. So whether you're listening to this and you're a married couple, which is a lot of those mom and pop shops out there, or you've got a partner. Now, what happens when you guys come to a standstill? Do y'all have a board? Do you have a third party that comes in? Do you take yep. it to somebody else? What happens when you come to a head? You mean me and Arlene? <laughs> or yeah. the or the general listeners, you know, for the sake of argument, let's say y'all guys have never done it. That's fine. Tell the, the audience maybe what's there's be. a lot of times that we go in to to a meeting and 
we're totally against what our management team is presenting to us. We're like, heck no, that is not going to work. And you tell them my, like what my, you tell my them. attitude has been. I walked in and I said, look, my I don't I'm not I don't have all the ideas. I may not like what you're what I'm hearing right now. And I think my answer is going to be no. <laughs> but convince me in the next 20 or 30 minutes. Let's see what you have to say. Let's. And you know what? Sometimes they've been able to convince me and, and she and I have completely turned around and said, you guys are right. Go, let's go with it. What I tell them is that our management meetings is a place where you come to smash ideas. I don't want them to come in and, and, and I tell them, separate your egos from your ideas. You brought something here. We're going to beat it up. We're going to do whatever we can, but we want to come out with the right solution to whatever it is. The problem is not we're, we're, so just because we don't agree with you doesn't mean, you know, you should you should it should hurt your ego in any way. This is an idea you brought up. Let's smash it. You be the first one to start seeing the what's good and what's bad about it as well. So that happens. So I've walked in with an idea and it's been smashed to bits and I've been like, yep, there it is. It's, it's great to do it that way. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, I think that's some good advice, too. Um, and so back to you guys, uh, and I, I think it's fascinating. And this word hits home with me. If you've ever listened to the listeners out there that know me well enough, I'm a second generation insurance professional and my wife is also in the business mm -hmm. and we don't work for the same company, but we work together a lot and mm -hmm. we're a little different than you two, uh, because we're both very strong willed and we, we both, we butt heads a lot on certain things. She calls me an idiot and I say, yes, ma'am. But at the same time, there are times that uh, we, we differ on things. But, you know, working together, we always say we could never work truly together. And you guys have been together, you know, like you said, for a long time in work and in play and in marriage and in raising kids and everything else. And again, going back to what I said earlier, there's a lot of mom and pop shops out there. There's a lot of those husband and wife teams or father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter, whatever it may be, the combo. Is there some ideas or advice that you can give as working with family to make that work to separate? Is there a separation when you get home or when you get home, it's all insurance all the time. Tell me how that works. Cause I can tell you at my home, when my wife comes in the door, insurance is gone. It's at, it's at work. Mm -hmm. I, I could talk insurance all day. But well, we can, we can talk guys. insurance anytime, but just not, to give people the idea that we don't butt heads, that's that's not so, because we both are very uh, strong minded. And sometimes her idea and my idea do clash. And what we found over time is that we we do hash them. We, we go back and forth uh, and, and and not happily. Sometimes, you know, we, we get we get annoyed at each other for whatever. But what happens is we know enough that if we jump on this idea and mess with it, the thing that we 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 come out saying is, is there another solution in between here? Is there something else that we're not thinking about? And we always turn to that. And, and it's happened so many times. And we come up with a better idea. Like, for example, right now, we're th this house that we're working on, we've been rehabbing this house for two years now. And when we go someplace and we're picking up tiles or something, we, we may clash tremendously over <laughs> absolutely not. I don't want that. I may say, and she may say, I absolutely don't want this. Uh, and, and it could be something that I've picked or something that she's already picked. And I'm like, I'm not going to happen. No, but no. the thing is but from then, doing it for so long, we know 
that the solution is going to be even better than what we ever imagined. We usually come up with a better solution as a result. Yeah, we, we love this and you love this, but we try to meet somewhere in the middle on something that we both can be very, very comfortable with. And that usually really works for us. And I th- it's very similar to the way that my wife and I discuss it is in a restaurant, you've got the front house manager and the back house manager. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we compare, cause I'm the guy who likes the limelight in the, in the spotlight, the microphone and everything. She's more the detail, the organized whatnot. So she works. That's, the house. that's this one. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I see it that way, too. And I was going to ask you that. You beat me to it, daggummit. One of my favorite sayings is we we is flow like water. And mm-hmm. our said at the office all the time, you know, you come up against a problem, you're going to flow around and do what you can to get to your to the answer on the other side. And that's the way we work. So we pri- we try not to sweat the small stuff. We try we do work. I mean, I can tell you that people in our office have said, if I worked with my spouse, I've heard it from the male side and the female side, 24 <laughs> seven around. Yeah. One of us would be dead. And I'm like, I don't understand because I, you know, what I tried to do was marry somebody who was a really, really good friend when we were young and we first got together, you know, friends came and, Oh, let's go to the, the nightclub. Let's go do this. And I'm like, no, not really. Like, I, like guys not, night out, girls I, night out, things like that. And I'm like, no, I'm not really interested. I said, if I go, I just won't have any fun because I really like her around me as a friend. We 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 and we started it as a friendship and we've been we married afterwards. So, yeah, you know, I, I totally with you. and I, I think we had got into a little bit of this, maybe off air on your show. My wife and I, um, you know, we were best friends before we ended up, you know, getting married mm-hmm. and she took care of me in a wheelchair and we yeah. fell through that and again it goes back to you know my best friend like you said earlier somebody you enjoy being with but again still we have our, our moments where we butt heads and whatnot um so that's all right that's all right it, it builds my character and helps me because I, I learn so much from her every day and if i get talking about her i'll cry so i'm gonna <laughs> move on but um okay so talk to me okay we've talked about some of that the other stuff i want to get into okay from from brooklyn or new york to texas now you're in Puerto Rico, you know, for those that don't know, uh, they live on, the, on in Puerto Rico and you moved there, what, 16, 15, somewhere in there? 15, yep, 16. You, uh, my big question is, were you there with Maria and Irma? Did you go through that there? Were you still in Texas at that point? No, we were here. We had been here less than a year. And uh, first comes Irma. And uh, we have a hurricane party at our house. It's all good. The guys are play. <laughs> yeah. The guys are playing basketball from our pool. It's all good. And we're like, here. oh, hurricane. <laughs> no big deal. Um, and then like 10 days later, Marie. You guys are crazy. Oh God! Well, let me let me tell you how crazy our uh, my son got married uh, in Dominican Republic, and we're flying in on the day Maria's uh, going to hit. And all my friends are vacating the island. All our friends from here are all getting on the island, and they're on their way out. And they meet her sister. We we, we dropped off at the airport. Uh, when we landed, she took that plane to away Florida. from here. She wanted she wanted out. So she gets on the plane, sees our friends and is like and they're like, where's Ted and Arlene? Oh, they went home. And she's like, they're like, no, you're joking. I mean, where are they? They're behind you. Where, where are they? Because you yeah. are. Right. And they're like, Who no, no, no. That? They went home. Hey, guys. Sorry. Not sorry. Had to interrupt you a little bit. I had to talk to you about my good friends over at 
cover desk. I'm so proud that they are a sponsor of this show. The cover desk model is a win-win to help you grow your business. With their highly skilled team of virtual assistants, you immediately eliminate the burden of administrative tasks and lower your overhead costs without sacrificing customer support. The clients get the help they need when they need it. Their virtual assistants are fully dedicated to you, the agency, supporting your business, your clients, your growth, providing the service your clients deserve. This allows you to focus on building the agency and cultivating the business. CoverDesk virtual assistants can handle these tasks, you know, saving you significant time because they've been through specific insurance training Andy puts on so that they know how to speak our language. This, like I said earlier, is a win-win, a win-win situation and a win-win for your agency. Go to CoverDesk.com or email hello at CoverDesk.com to learn more information and get a demo. Let's get back to the show. My question would be on that would be what uh, did you learn some things? Did that impact your business? Let me start there. Did going through that because I know and you have to get into it, but I know in 2009 you went through in 2008 the recession, right when you were starting your business and all that, or later on in that, and then you went through this. How did this impact your business? So at that point, Ted and I were, you know, we had the podcast, we had a team here in Puerto Rico. And when we flew in from Dominican Republic, we show up at the office and they're covering up all the computers. They gathered everything and they had the foresight to do some posts, so some automated posts that would automatically get out because they said we might not have communication. So the first post that they had scheduled out is due to severe weather, um, uh, you know, our offices are closed, something to that effect. And at that point, all of our friends in the States, they're trying to get a hold of us. And all they see is that post, you know, nobody can get a hold of us. But it makes you feel like you can't take anything for granted, right? I mean, I think it was for two, two and a half months, we were all loading up in a car and driving an hour and to different places to get an internet signal, like to do our posts, to have a conference call. So we were working in close quarters, like in a car together. Uh, uh, knowing uh, this is going to be a good transition, I hope. Let's see if my skills are okay. So first of all, knowing all the stuff that you know now, knowing that what you need to do to prepare, have y'all put together posts or put together one sheets or put together information, marketing material, or anything so this ever does happen again? or whether it's a tornado or even a hurricane or anything natural disaster wise, have you put anything out to educate on this since you've already been through it firsthand? We have some checklists. Um, yes. And we also, you know, of course, you know, we had hurricane Harvey um, for Texas and uh, we put together checklists on just resources like, you know, insurance department contacts. We did it the same for Maria, like um, the, the phone numbers of the insurance commissioner here um, and on temporary adjuster licensing. So, yeah, we definitely did post. Okay. So that's going to, you know, lead me into my next topic because something that I've fallen in love with the last year to year and a half in my world has been LinkedIn. I have completely and utterly fallen in love. I used to be, I still am a Facebook guy. I like Facebook a lot. 
I've gotten into a little bit of Instagram and Twitter, but I just, I'm not as big a fan. I found more return for me on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and I, and that's where you and I connected and I've listened to you enough uh, as people figured out now I'm a fanboy of Arlene and Ted, (laughs) but I've heard you talk about your love for LinkedIn as well. Uh, In fact, you did an entire podcast talking about it, I think. But anyhow, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on how you came into the, the LinkedIn, maybe some advice. Let's dig into some content here because I really want my listeners to walk away with something, you know, uh, about LinkedIn, like tangible, they can walk away, they can take some advice from you, the LinkedIn queen. What are your, okay, I know you're beating Ted, but what is your followers or your connections versus his? And uh, let's talk about that a little bit. I asked you a broad question. Let's get into content. Um, so I think my network right now is right at around 28,000 and yours Mine's is about $5,000, 5,000 less. Okay. Dollars. So, you know, if you look back maybe what, five years ago, we didn't have anything around that uh, number. And we realized that LinkedIn is so powerful and such a great business platform that you're able to just filter down to whatever industry you're in, right? Like if you're in insurance and all you want is insurance adjusters, it's there for you. You could just pull that. If you want to know about people that are risk managers, you can pull that filter so easily. And so we started building on our LinkedIn network a couple of years ago. Um, Like I said, maybe about four years ago, just on a daily basis, just really for the insurance industry. And then now it's gotten to the point where we get requests every day um, to connect with us. And we pretty much just kind of keep it towards um, our industry. Um, We just don't need it diluted with um, others. I mean, our content is insurance industry related uh, content. So um, that's the industry that we want to connect with. But um, it's been amazing. Like, I'll have people that will contact me just because they have a job opening and they know that I have so many people on my network that I can pull from. And I'm able to go out and send private messages to people saying, hey, such and such company is hiring. They're looking for people with your um, talent. Um, Are you interested? Contact such and such person. I love doing that. Like, that's what LinkedIn is about, right? It's for us to connect and help each other, support each other, um, you know, in our industry. And I use it fully for that. I'm on LinkedIn every day. She's definitely a connector. <laughs> yes. And I think that's fair. That's what I've learned about it is a connecting thing. But different than Facebook, different than Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, whatever the platform is. Let's go back five years ago, uh, four years ago, whatever that was. Where did you start? How did you figure this out? Did you start, maybe Ted helped you on this, I don't know, with algorithms? Did you start with what to do, how to search? What what kind of led you to 28,000? I was looking at mine because I was trying to compare. I'm nowhere close. <laughs> I, I, Ted's killing me, dang it. But, <laughs> uh, no, I want to know. That's the competitive juices in me. But uh, I want to know kind of, let's again, let's dive into some content. How did you get started on that? Where did you work on it seven days a week? Because you're limited to how many connection requests you can send out daily. I think it's right at about 100, 150. 
And so we said, how can we max it out? So it had to be done seven days a week. Sending out those requests, just, you know, crafting a, a message and um, uh, uh, sending it out there to folks. Um, and then, gradu- you know, just working on that consistently for weeks and weeks and weeks until it just kept building up. And then and then we're also constantly doing videos and other things that we're putting out there on LinkedIn. And people are coming to us and saying, hey, I want to I want to link up with you guys. So then it's a matter of going in there regularly, daily and and saying yes to a lot of the people in the industry who want to be part of spot on insurance, who want to be part of our circle of uh, insurance professionals. Yeah, so I was Googling that and I found out they say 100 to 125 per day on LinkedIn. One of the things that a lot of people ask me uh, and, and a lot of things I get into, and one of the reasons why I fell in love with LinkedIn is because I didn't have to see what Arlene ate for lunch that morning or what Ted uh-huh. did at the workout room or, you know, because, you know, Ted's bowed up. Or, you know, what what your dog did that morning chasing his tail, whatever it was. All that silliness is left to, and I say silliness lightly, you know, left to the Facebook, the, the personal social feeds. Whereas LinkedIn, to me, is, it's business. It is right. it's business. That's the other thing. It's very specific and it's very, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for. Maybe you can help me out, but it's very intentional. Maybe that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. And I love that about LinkedIn. Go ahead. I, I thought, you know, it was starting to during the elections, I said, oh, it's losing a, a little bit. But they kind of cut it out because they started putting politics into it. And I was like, come on, s- s- stick with the business, stick with the business plan, because that's really what we're here for. And that's what we want to hear. And I, I think they've done a, a really good job. I, I can I can understand that, you know, uh, people are very hard to control with an organization with with uh, an organization like LinkedIn that big with that many people in there on a regular basis. But I think they've done a really good job of maybe policing it and keeping it uh, keeping it where it's just business. Let's OK, let's say that uh, Joe Blow starts his agency, uh, Joe Blow Insurance Agency, or we could even take a different route. Joe Blow's been around 20 years and he says, I gotta, I gotta refresh in this thing up a little bit. I gotta make it better. I gotta get involved in LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I don't know what LinkedIn is. Uh, but we can go back to your buddy, uh, the country redneck guy. And let's say he <laughs> doesn't know the first thing about uh, about LinkedIn, but he wants to start making some posts. What are some ideas that they could do that would, you know, get some attention that would garner is it hashtags? Is it certain videos? Is it you know, maybe give them some advice on that because uh, they hear it from me. I want them to hear it from you. Yeah. So we do a, a little bit of everything, right? And we do have uh, two team members here um, in Puerto Rico that help us with our social media profiles. But we do the hashtags. We post videos. We do articles. We do an article on every guest that is um, on our podcast. We obviously put little clips of our episodes that are coming up. So we do everything like that, the the push, then we are reading articles, we're sharing articles, things that are pertinent to us. Like just today, I went in and I was, there was an article, um, a newsletter from the Excess Lines Association of New York on uh, surplus lines in New York. And I thought it was a great article. So I shared it in my network because I wanted all of our brokers to know that even if they're not doing business in New York, and if they have a license, that that regulation is applicable to them. So I went and I shared that. Um, So yeah, sharing, liking, commenting, putting out videos, putting out articles, 
doing the hashtag a little bit of everything. Now, yeah, I think that's good. Is there a formula that you use maybe in your own head or your people use of organic stuff versus shared links and shared stuff? So I don't have a formula, but Josh B. Lee that um, did an episode with us on LinkedIn, he's like a LinkedIn expert. He has like a formula of what you should be doing on a daily basis. So that's really good for insurance agency principals and insurance professionals to know. I'll I'll find that and I'll put it in my show notes so you can click on that link and go check that one out. Uh, I'm sure it's incredible. Go ahead. I was was thinking that one of the things that you need to do also, I understand if you're just a a small office and you've got three people, but make sure that the three people within your office are on LinkedIn and that you get a a formula for how you're going to attack LinkedIn, how you're going to go in there and don't leave it to one person. Uh, You all go out there and you start commenting from your from uh, from your page. You all go out there, even from separate pages that you have that are personal LinkedIn pages that you may have. You really have to do a concerted effort to to work together. We have a lot of people in our offices and a lot of them comment. They read the materials that goes out there. They comment the materials. And like, as Arlene says, it brings back listeners when you go out there and you answer questions for them. There's a lot of people in the insurance industry that have a lot of questions that they need answers to. If you become that expert that's answering these questions on LinkedIn, they start looking your way. They start coming your way. They want to, they want to, you know, connect with you. And that's how your connections begin to grow. It is an effort. It's not something that happens overnight. It takes time. Mm-hmm. But if you diligently work on it, as your staff grows, you also can designate somebody, for example, to handle uh, whatever is uh, all the LinkedIn connections to help with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could share whatever it is that you have on that page so that they can go in there and then they can they can go in there and they can uh, say yes to these people coming in. Yeah. And that's one yeah. of the things I was yeah. well, one of the things you just mentioned that I love is on LinkedIn as different than Facebook or any other, you can see what other people comment, other people sing. So like if I search Arlene, I can see your activity of who you commented on, what you follow, what you like. And to me, I find that fascinating so I can know and I kind of get to know someone a little better before I even connect. I'd be like, if they're just out there just liking stuff and they're not active, maybe I don't want to connect. But they're super active. They're commenting and it's insightful comments and it's intentional comments and they're following the things I want to follow to me. Or they made a comment on something I didn't see. I'm like, right. oh, Arlene commented on it. It's got to be cool because Arlene's cool. <laughs> or, you know, if Arlene did it, you know, or Ted did it, it's got to be cool. So I think that's something that, and it also makes me as an individual commenting or business owner, I have to be real intentional about what I comment on. If I just say, you know, oh, that's super cool, uh, something dumb, you know, or generic, that makes me look a little less, you know, informed or whatnot. But if I'm real intentional or I do my research for our comment, I think it, it it's something you got to be intentional. And LinkedIn is something that you really have to take seriously, in my opinion. But it also also could be a game changer for your agency, for ILSA, for a podcast, for whatever you're doing. Right. And Don't- I would say that the first thing that is so important for people to do is update your profile. Like business wise, now everyone is looking at your LinkedIn profiles, so. What is the message that you're trying to get out there? Like if you are the best insurance broker in the aviation industry, put in your LinkedIn why people should check you out. Like put that on there. Like what's your specialty? Put it on there. And then if you have if you did a podcast with somebody in that area, 
that that really starts to build up your authority in the area. So put that on there and put a link to it. So people who go on your page can go in there and take a look. If you're on spot on insurance, put it on, uh, put it in that page so mm-hmm. that people say, Hey, this person was on spot on insurance. I want to listen to what they had to say, get to know you a little better. Yes. And, you know, and that, that really will help you. Yeah, I completely agree. One of the other things that I hear on LinkedIn that people complain about is they get flooded with these inbox messages from people that want to try to sell you something or want to do this or that i don't that doesn't bother me as much as some i don't know i'm i'm trying to say this the nicest way possible it's like you meet a lady in the street and you go and give her a kiss you know <laughs> it's not gonna go well for you okay no, so that's really, yeah it's blatantly that's what you're doing and so what people are doing in return like me is i, I won't even look at your stuff i just turn you right off yeah. and i can tell you that i receive so many of those per day i would never do that to people when I contact them, it's genuine. It's not me fishing for, pe- for people in the industry. And yeah. I think there, if we're more careful of who's in our network, like um, if you really, you know, go ahead and reject the ones that aren't necessarily in your space, then you, you know, the only thing that you should be getting is interested in. Like I'll share with you, like we we were hosting the live webinars um, at the beginning of the of the uh, pandemic. We were very careful of who we were targeting, um, right. you know, like a compliance officer. Hey, we're going to be having this <clears throat> compliance webinar and it's such and such regulators going to come on board. Well, we're being very selective of who we're sending those messages to. It doesn't mean that every person that received our message wanted to come on our compliance webinar. If they said, hey, Arlene, I really don't have the time right now with COVID to attend these things. I'm not going to send them another message on that. Right. But I'm being I'm only sending it to people that I believe this will have a tremendous value to. I'm not just going to flood everyone on my network. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, again, my wife and I don't work together, but we work together. And uh, she's the head of the PIA here in Arkansas. And she's got a big virtual event coming up next week. Uh, Shout out to my show. I could say that. But, um, you know, so yesterday morning I got up and, you know, I I think I was in the school line to pick up the kids from school or dropping them off. That's what it was. And uh, I sent about 40 messages, just cut and paste messages to insurance agents I thought would be interested. And she called me cussing me out like an hour later. Like My inbox will not stop. People keep messaging me. I want to know more. I want to know more. Send me the link. Send me information. LinkedIn can be so powerful if you target it to the right people and you're intentional in what you're doing. And and I love that you have, between the two of you, a, a gazillion connections and um, I don't know if that's a real word. Is that a redneck, you know, number? <laughs> no, I think, I think a, a, a broader uh, population has uh, dibs on gazillion. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh... I got gotcha. you. But the point being, I do think it's very powerful. And I love that you guys have bought into that and see the, the need there. And, and I hope it continues to evolve. It continues to be a platform that, we as business owners, business people, you know, or just a population in general can use to utilize our business and utilize what we're doing. And so uh, any final thoughts on LinkedIn? Because I'm a, I'm in love with LinkedIn. And I wanted to hear if you guys want to talk about any more as fellow fans. Um, just, you know, for people that are out there, you know, just have your profile 
update your profile, put a picture. I will not accept a connection request if the person does not have a picture. Let's let's wrap up with you know five six minutes. Uh, give me a little bit. What is Ilsa? Give me some of the things, and then what I want you to do is walk me through. Uh, if you can remember, walk me through. If I'm a new agent and I want you know I'm starting my business, what I can come to Ilsa and y'all could do what for me? You know, as far as it's not just licensing; it's all kinds of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I, on my LinkedIn profile, it says like, we do what no one else wants to do, licensing and regulatory compliance, um, the stuff that people don't want to mess with. So obviously we take care of initial licensing, which is getting life and health, PNC, adjuster, TPA, MGA, surplus lines. We get those licenses for insurance agencies and insurance agents across the United States. We also do um, the compliance work that goes with that, tracking the CEs getting the appointments with the carriers. Then we have another department for um, if you're a new agency and you're going into a state for the first time, you have to qualify with the Secretary of State. Well, we do all of those qualifications with the Secretary of State. We do the annual returns. We have another department that does surplus lines tax filings. So if you're an insurance broker that has surplus lines licenses, you have to do surplus lines tax filings, even if you have zero business in that state. That's really important and something that a lot of brokers get into trouble with. with yeah. So um, I think I, ca- I covered all of the services yeah, that we provide. Our services are mostly all on the web. So we're, you know, you, we take minimal information from you and we can do, uh, let's say you're an agency and you need a license in 50 states. You come in, you fill out this one application. We put it through our system and we can do all 50 states with for you. Not only that, but when we get your licensed information, if you're already licensed somewhere, we can actually go and find out for your business anyway, whether you're having any problems at all with departments of insurance or any state agencies. We just go in there and we're able to we, we have what, what's called a compliance uh, review. Yeah, we do that compliance review because oftentimes when an agency is coming in, they might think that they're in good shape, but they don't know what they don't know. Got that right. So we have to just do a scrub and just check out with the states to just verify that they are in good shape. And if they're not in good shape, if they missed a couple of years of annual returns or corporate tax returns, we're going to get them back in good shape. We're going to you know, file those missing returns um, so that they are in good standing. And this may sound like chemistry to some people. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we've stayed in business as long. It definitely doesn't sound fun, uh, but you guys make it sound sexy. So it's kind of cool to hear. But now let's say that, uh, I mean, I'm very beginning and I don't even have my LLC set up or my corporation set up. You said other state organizations. Could y'all help me file that too to get, you know, heat sharing insurance set up or Joe Blow insurance going back to our buddy Joe Blow. Could y'all do that too? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, that would be um, in your domicile state. Normally, your attorney is going to take care of your domicile state of registering you in Arkansas. And then we take it from there. Once you're registered there, we're going to go ahead and do all of the non-resident states with the corporate, with the secretary of states. And then uh, the work that is involved afterwards, like with the department of revenue, all of the filings that have to um, go to them annually or biannually. And the same thing with the insurance departments. And the thing that She's right. She said all of the when you're when you're an agent or you have an agency, 
and you go to a state and you do this one thing, you think that's it for your, your agency. You're done, right? But that's not how regulatory compliance works. All of a sudden, you were supposed to file this and this other piece and this third piece here, but nobody tells you. And uh, then that when when stuff starts to hit the fan, that's when you find out that suddenly you're getting these notices that tell you, hey, you didn't do this. And, you didn't, and you're like, well, how was I supposed to know? I had no idea because you might have expanded into, let, let's say, neighboring states, Tennessee, North Carolina, whatever. And you're like, I'm good to go. I have my licenses. I'm good to go. Well, it's everything that comes afterwards, all of the administrative filings that have to go with the Department of Revenue, with the Secretary of State, with the insurance departments, you know, so it's a continuous filing requirement. Um, so and Heath, I was licensed in 50 states. The best thing I ever did was have my staff just <laughs> I never had to look at it. And I think it gave me an appreciation for the job that we did, because if I didn't have those licenses, I wouldn't understand. But how would I get my business done if I have to spend all of this time doing all of that, uh, dealing with all of these different states and all the all the difficulties that it, it brings, all of the hidden trap doors that that are out there. So for me. I never really dealt with it because I just gave it to the staff and they did it. And this is what they do for others outside all the time. Keep you out of trouble and keep you working on what your strength is. So is it a, an annual contract, is it a la carte contract? Or if I sign up to be a, a client of El Ilsa and then I hire somebody uh, or whatever, you know, is that just an ongoing contract? I just send them to you and you take care of da, 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 or is it a a la carte deal? No. So you come in and it could come in. You could come in for a small project. You know, you hired one producer. They need to get licensed all across the United States. You fill um, an online data form for the agency as well. And that producer, you know, six months down the road, you're adding two new people. You just send in those, uh, those online forms throughout the year, they might be different things that you need. Maybe you're going to have a name change for the organization. So you just send us an email saying, Hey guys, I'm going to go through a name change, but you might want to have a quick conference call with our team first so that they can go with you. That's for free, a free conference call, just letting you know about name requirements in certain States. Like you don't want to use certain names, um, so our team would be able to have that call with you for free, but you just pick and choose different things that you need throughout the year. We might have a big agency that says, um, they're in our services, but they only need us for complicated projects. Hey guys, we just acquired five new agencies. We want to do compliance reviews on all of those agencies. We want you to take care of all of the past due annual returns. That's it. We might not, they might not use us for licensing, you know, so they pick and choose the services they need. The, uh, the reason why we started this was we wanted to do a one-stop shop for, for regulatory compliance. In other words, we didn't want to just do licensing. We wanted to go in there and we wanted to make sure that if you came to us and you were a small agency and you grew and you had other needs that we can fulfill those needs. So as you grew, our business grew with you. So, and, and you also had help all along the way. So you started as one agency. Now you, you've got two or three others. Now you purchase some others. Now you're going to different states. Well, we're there for you from the very beginning, being able to help you easily transition. And as she says, that once you're a client meeting with our people, our experts, you call up the manager and you say, I, I want a meeting. I want to know about what's going on in this state, this state. 
they will get the supervisors, the folks that are dealing with regulatory compliance in that particular state, and they will sit them down with you on a conference and they will answer your questions. In fact, they will probably give you more questions that you than you than you'd ask. They, they mm. tell you things that you had no idea uh, to prepare you because we're dealing with so many different companies in so many different states that they have the the answer to in our system, if not in their heads. All right, Ted, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to give Uh-oh. you time to think for a minute. Facts tell and stories sell. Uh, you got any cool stories or a fun story or a wild story or something out of the blue that maybe y'all done for one of your clients that, that might help us to see, oh, they could do that too? Is there a fun story or a cool story? And Arlene, if you want to jump in, but I want, you know, Ted's a believer in stories. Yeah, I do. I, I do love stories. And one of the stories that we have, and I don't know if it'll fit this category, but we were the first to develop the surplus lines tax filing uh, in the United States nationwide. And we actually had one of the very large uh, insurance. I'll just say top 10 insurance brokers. Insurance brokers. Might be even, it's a little bit smaller than that. <laughs> um, I, and, and I mean, this was years ago. Uh, actually came to us and asked us if we would take them on. We were just starting this this program. And uh, she actually got on one knee and begged us to take her because we were like, no, we can't do it right now. But they were hurting so much. They had so many issues that they wanted us to resolve for them. And they came in and we said, okay, we'll take you in, but we can't start for two months. We have some, you know, we really want to make sure that, uh, all of our uh, computer systems are working perfectly, that these programs that we're setting up for you are working perfectly. That it's all automated. That it's all automated. We don't want to go in half-ass, you know, if I could say that word. Um, and, And so she agreed to it and we did it. One of the issues that they had after that was they had not remitted their taxes for about Oh, four or five years. This is a really, really large organization. And they were deathly afraid of going to these different states and having this discussion because they were going to get massively hit over the head. And so they hired us. We got a team of lawyers across the United States to uh, go on their behalf. And the amount of money that they saved, we talked to the states and we said, look, this is the situation. We are now their compliance team. We're going to make sure they have it straight, but they really millions, millions. They saved so much more money than they ever paid us. Like our, our fees were minuscule compared to what they saved. But taking that on, you know, and I mean, that was, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, 2004, 2005, right. Taking that on, it was a massive job. And it, they were in such dire shape. Like, you know, you're talking about you have to clean up four years worth of tax filings around the entire United States. You know, they have the funds. They just didn't know how to remit the taxes. And to assemble, I'm talking about state by state, assemble a group of attorneys that are the best in the industry to go and plead their case to the insurance department. I mean, obviously this is not an overnight cleanup job. This was massive. And to do that, clean it up. It's a great feeling. It's like, man, you know, like you could do anything, you know, that's it's. So he, awesome. I'm going to tell you one other story. <laughs> one time she got a call and uh, oh. they were looking to do, they were looking to do a license for the vice president of the United States for Dick Cheney at the time. And she's like, oh, stop. 
stop kidding me. Who is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a joke, right? <laughs> it was an agent and he was like, I just uh, uh, kind of wrote this policy and uh, I need the Virginia license ASAP. And I should have had it like two days ago because and it's for the vice president of the United States, Dick Cheney. Wow. I, was like, I was like, heck no. First of all, why would you do that? And how would you do that on the vice president of the United States? Write something without having that license. That is wild. <laughs> that was crazy. Did, did these fit your story, Bill? <laughs> yes, most definitely. Most definitely. I appreciate that. So in wrapping up, can you share some contact information, maybe... Uh, briefly tell us if there's anything new they can be looking for on your website, maybe share um, anything you got new coming up on, you know, spot on, you know, let's wrap up the last two or three minutes on that. So actually um, both companies, both of our sides have new websites. So ilsainc.com has a new website that we just uh, unveiled and spot on insurance also has a new website. So we've been working really hard on those two sites. So that's new. Um, and, and the focus of both of them is education. Yeah. So it's giving you a lot of information. Like if you're interested in licensing regulatory compliance, you go to ILSA and they uh, there's so many we've done so many videos uh, on, on the different areas of regulatory compliance that that will really, really be of service to you. Again, it's a, it's not about the salesmanship for us. It's, hey, we want to give about 80 percent. And we know that if you appreciate the education that we're giving you, the information that you're getting, that you're going to do business with us. So that's really our focus. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone that's listening to this episode can connect with myself or Ted on um LinkedIn. That's where we're at. Uh, and uh, Spot on insurance. Yeah. And then we would definitely love to get new subscribers. So, of course, the podcast is spot on insurance. And by the yes. way, and we love your work, man. I've, yeah. I've gone through you've gone through so many more of mine than <laughs> I have yours. But I really appreciate what you what you're doing and, and the way that you do it. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. And I hear, you know, can I do a spoiler alert? If not, I can edit it. But do I hear y'all got a really awesome guest coming on June 1st to be released? Uh, oh, I hear you got a really good one. The spoiler best alert. The, best. the mayor of Insurance Town is coming oh. out. Yes, June oh, that's 1st. Funny. That's, That's awesome. Tuesday. First. Don't miss it. June 1st. Awesome. Spot on insurance. Yes. Spot on insurance. I'm going to release this one before that so we could get some double time. Here. Oh, yeah. Great. Um, By the way, guys, had, it was a great interview. We had let's, some let's great conversations. Yes. Great conversations on that episode. That is one thing, you know, we should probably take this off air, but I do love about you. If you don't listen to Spot On, you guys get more than just insurance out of people. You talk personal, you get into kids and family and how they got played. I love that about y'all. And I've always wanted to do that. I said, y'all, I went country on you. But I love that about you guys, that you um, you really dive into people. You care about your interviewers, interviewees, whatever you call it. And I think that's super cool. And I try to do that, too. But you guys have obviously been doing it longer than me. But, I dude, mean, I think you have the same concept as yeah. we talked in the interview, and that is making friends. Yeah. We don't, you know, yes. everything we do is about, it is about making friends. And we just interviewed Andrew Stocks, Stocks who yeah. is in Thailand, and he says their business model is you don't do business. You just make friends. And it's not, 
you don't do business. You don't you don't make friends and then business will come. It's you just make friends. Yep. About nothing no, else. I completely agree. Uh, and I'm hoping that someday down the road, my wife and I can come hang out with you on the beach. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that would be so cool. The door is open. Dude, that would be so much fun. Uh, I would say you're welcome to come here, but looking at my backyard, it's not near <laughs> as cool as yours. So, guys, I, I really appreciate y'all coming on. I, I, it was so much fun. We're going to definitely do it again. Enjoy Thank it. you. Thank you. Thank you, Heath. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with me and Ted and Arlene today. We had such a good time, didn't we? I really hope that that conversation brought value to your day today and that the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. Today's episode was recorded and edited and broadcast by my friends over at Ready, Set, Podcast. If you have an idea for your own show, check them out, getreadysetpodcast.com and uh, look them up. You can find them on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. They're out there. Uh, Getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.